God's got some things for you and I this year that uh, you ought to be uh, elated about, excited about. Amen. 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 We're, we're just excited, elated, because we know that the more we step into the things of God, the more the more the more the blessing is going to show up in our lives. Amen. Amen. Um, some things that would really were on my heart this year and uh, really strong was some, the direction of the church and, you know, how we are to be directed and how we're to go forward and how we're to move forward on some things. And, you know, as a believer, when you're moving forward on some things, it's going to be important to you and I that we stay plugged in. Yeah. And uh, we've always talked about the portable outpouring. We talk about the port of outpouring, but we don't talk about the port of outpouring as a as a way of what's the word? Um, how shall I say? Is a way of like say like hyping you up or just getting you excited. If there's going to be a port of outpouring, how many of you know the port of outpouring is going to take you and I agreeing and and flowing with it? We can't say that we want the port of a lot pouring and not make make movement in it, not make movement in that direction. So when we're getting in the port of a lot pouring, it's going to require more out of you and I. And sometimes we're like, well, what do you mean? More giving? Well, some of that could be involved with, with because there's things that are going to need to be funded. Things are going to need to be addressed. Some things are going to need, uh, need our support and help in. But more than just that, there are the key elements to, to making revival happen in your church. Because, you know, uh, revival don't happen by itself. And the Lord was, was kind of going over with me over four things that we're going to need to this. We're going to have to start learning and getting ourselves prepared to if we're going to get into those things. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because it's sort of like going to prom. You don't go to the prom in jeans. You better prepare. Because if your date sees you walk up in jeans, she's going to like, you took no preparation. You took no care. You, you didn't even take a shower. Ooh, you dirty dog. Right? And so there's an expectation that, that of, of preparation to get into things. Um, recently, I was watching um, this, this program, and there's this athlete. He was trying to make a cut of a team, and he was trying to get on this team. I don't even really know if he was really. I just know that his heart wasn't ready. He, people wrote in. They said, we want this guy to try out on your, this well-known football team. So he went out, and he was there, and... Uh, he, he, his effort wasn't there. His effort wasn't there. The coach says, you know, if you want to succeed, you're going to have to be on time. You know, if you're, you're wanting to succeed, you need to show up to meetings. And you shouldn't need, the coach said this, you shouldn't need me to verbally prompt you to do the things necessary. Yeah. And there are things as, as and you know, I, I love, there's one scene in one moment where the, where the, where the coach pulls a seat. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm the ultimate coach. I'm the pastor. But I understand that there's, there's things that need to be transferred over. See, certain folks, they, they don't know how to take instruction. They don't know how to take coaching because they've never been on a team. They've never been on a team. And so they don't know what's, when, so when they, when they get put in an environment where there's a team, then they, they, they get hurt over easily over things. Like if the coach yells, why is the coach yelling at me? They've never been on a team. And I remember over years, you know, I've always been a starter back in the day because I worked hard and I didn't mind the coach yelling at me because I'd, I'd watch enough TV of the coaches yelling to realize, oh, that's normal. Okay, that's normal. Coach yells. Coach instructs. Coach, and, and one of the things I love the coach said to, uh, to his athletes, he said this, and I, and, I, and I took this and I wrote this down. He said, everybody had this opinion. Well, coach, uh, we know we want to do full content. We don't want to do this. I want to do this. He goes, right, guys, 
All you're saying, what you're saying is right. Here's one problem. I'm the coach. What I say goes. And they're like, okay, okay. Because if you want to succeed as a unit, you have to listen to the coach's instruction. Because the coach is also ultimately listening to the father. The pastor is ultimately listening to the father. He has to follow the direction of the Holy Ghost. And so you as a believer have to be able to take instruction, not only from your pastor, but also hear from the Lord. And, and, and keep the balance going because you, you, there, there may be timing issues in what you're, you're wanting to do or things that are coming in your heart. Yeah. And, well, and the reason why I'm setting this up because, or why I'm instructing along this line and, and this way and this fashion this morning, because one of the things we want to get into and we need to is if we're going to grow as a church and we want an outpouring, we're going to have to have, be able to do a, a believer's meeting. Now, what's a believer's meeting? That means there's a, there's a court, there's even instruction in how to believers have a believer's meeting. And if you don't follow instruction very well, coach is going to blow the whistle. Hey, got to sit down, got to cut it short, and you got to be okay with it. Right? There's a scriptures that talk, does everybody have a tongue? Does everybody have a edification? See, that's, that's how a believer, it goes, let everything be done in order. Right. Let everything being done in order. So we want to have believers meeting where, you know, pastor's not preaching today. Well, do you have something today? I should be able to turn to her. She goes, yes, the Lord gave me something in my heart and she's going to minister. And I go, you only get five minutes. And she ministers five minutes. She don't go over five minutes. And there's a way to do it. And she's able to follow instruction. But not everybody who comes to the River Church who's got a word from the Lord is going to be able to speak just because you raise your hand. Because there's maturity issues. And see, pastor knows where everybody's at. Everybody's got to get to the point where we're, where, where, where we're maturing. What if someone has a song? Well, I'll ask, does anybody have a song? Well, someone goes, I've never sung before, but the Lord gave me a song in my heart. And that person sings, and they may not know how to sing, but boy, God, it's anointed. I remember some number of years ago, I was in a church service, and this person couldn't sing a lick. Couldn't even, couldn't sing on cue or on chord, but my God, it was anointed. Boy, I raised my hands. I just started weeping and crying because you just knew it was the Lord. There were, you just knew it was the Lord. Now, I've been in some services where someone got up and they started speaking in tongues uh, during, uh, and the, during a believer's meeting. And that was normal. One person did. That was fine. Then there was someone who stood up and who had the, 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 uh, the translation of that thing, and what, the interpretation of that. And, and that was good. But you, you start getting three or four people. Well, the Bible says, OK, that's too many. You've got to get one person doing it and some people that will, that will interpret that. So, you know, everything's got to be done in order, right? right. We're, we're leading into some things this year. Yeah. And, and there, there are some things that are going to require us learning to flow with one another. Amen. So as a group, as, as you learn to do these things, you start to, as, why is this important? Because God said it was important. Yeah. It's important that if, that if we are, see, believers meetings are in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And as a church, you need to be having believers meetings. Why? Because they're in the Bible. That means you have a voice. That means God's got something on the inside that he wants to use on the inside of you. And that you'll never find who you truly are unless you start to find out who you are in the body of Christ. Do you hear what I'm saying? A lot of folks want to find out who they are, but they don't know who they are in the body. They have a lot, there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of skill. And we're not talking in the natural type of realm. We're talking in the supernatural realm. That on, on those type of issues where God's the one who's in control and who's empowering you to do the, those things. There's the grace to do those things. Amen. And so there's another type of meeting. Now, that was the first one, the believers meeting. The second one is the evangelistic meeting. 
where it's just about soul winning. It's not about having a believer's meeting. It's not someone to stand up and give an interpretation. What? Because that's not the mode of the service. The mode of the service is winning souls. That means we're all worshiping. We all know that because during the course of that meeting, when we're worshiping the Lord, while we're, while we're exalting the Lord, the man's going to come up and he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna teach an evangelistic type meeting where it's about getting saved. And we don't move during that altar call. We don't move when there's a, a shout, uh, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? We, we, don't, we don't move we don't, when there's an altar call. We don't move. We're, we're praying in the Holy Ghost that that per- people that are sitting down there will answer and, and, and heed to the call that's being, that's being delivered by the minister to be saved. It, it's, we, as a group, we learn these things as a group so we can function together. Because we need those type of meetings. A church isn't healthy if he doesn't have those type of meetings. You want to, who wants an outpouring in this church? I want an outpouring in this church. I want to see God move. I want to see God heal. And see, that's where miracles show up is when people start responding in a proper way to, to the flow of that type of meeting. Because there has to be a flow to a type of meeting. And if, and if you don't know how to flow within the bumper rails, then the coach has to put you on the sideline until you know how to flow into, with, the, with the flow. And some people, they, you, you, can, you can blow an opportunity and be sitting on the bench for a couple years. You don't want to do that. You want to be the person that says, I'm going to stick to the rules, follow the instructions, because I want to show that I can follow instructions. It's so important to be able to be instructed and follow instructions. Another type of meeting out there that's important for this church to grow is prayer meetings. Prayer meetings. You mean we don't, church where it's about prayer? Absolutely. This is where God shows you start praying for people. When there's prayer meetings, people get saved. When there's prayer meetings, miracles start to happen. When there's prayer meetings, uh, the, the things that are impossible start to happen during prayer meetings. See, once you learn about a prayer meeting and how it works and how it functions, then you, you learn to operate in, it, in those things. Uh, I remember some, uh, I was remembering something that um, a minister was saying. He said, the only problem with prayer meetings is that you start getting in the thing of intercession. Now, the reason I mentioned intercession or intercessory because he says that's one group where you need to stay close with as a pastor because that's one group that can really go off sideways right away if you're not there as a pastor so one some one reason why is because some pastors will go out there and you know you get the intercessory group and they're starting to pray together and the pastor's not there and next thing you know they're saying well you know i think the, t- the, the pastor's time is up he's here at this church i'm, I'm getting in my spirit the pastor's going to be leaving town and uh, i've heard of churches being split three he said there was a church he knew that they were split three ways because they were all prophesying that the pastor was going to leave. So what is that? He goes, the pastor needs to be involved because they need to make sure they're staying on track, praying about the right things, and, and, and holding up the things that are important. And see, and, and as a group, you've got to be able to take instruction. You, you, and if, you don't, if you're not used to taking instruction, boy, it could really throw you for a loop. You know, this, like this young man, he went out for this team. Couldn't take instruction. They, the guy pulled him aside. Hey, you need to talented. Didn't want to work out like everybody else. Didn't want to do the work like everybody else. Didn't want to show up early like everybody else. Just, just drag it. Full of talent. I'm talking full of talent. He was recommended by a lot of people who were saying, hey, you need to go. You need to pick this guy up. They picked him up. And guess what they did? They cut him. They just said, he's just not interested. He's not willing to change. Here's the thing. These type of things that happen here will translate in your work environment. They will translate in everywhere you go. 
They will translate in your marriage. They will translate in your, in your work. They will translate in your relationships. They will translate in the way you operate as a human being and t- treating others. Because every time we, we, we're out there, we're learning to communicate. We're learning to show the love of God right. everywhere we go. Right. Amen? Amen? So if we're going to make the cut to victory, we're, we're going to have to step up. Um, I have a printer at home. I was printing this, my, my, my notes here. And, uh, you know, for the longest time, it wasn't, it wasn't printing right. It wasn't printing the way I wanted it to print. I was getting frustrated. In fact, I thought, man, this thing used to work so good. And I was getting so frustrated with it, so aggravated. Because like every time I print, I'd have to move it to a PDF in order to print it. You know what I mean? Like, I have, okay, why do I have to? It's a word, word thing. Why am I having to do this? So I was complaining about Word. Oh, Microsoft. Oh, Bill Gates. Boy, they don't know how to make anything right. You know, I mean, I had an opinion, right? Put my, put my ugly words on something. I was like, Bill Gates can do anything but put, a, put Microsoft, put Word together and make it work. That's how I was thinking, you know. That's what I wanted to say online one day. I was like, mm, I ain't going to say nothing. I ain't, I ain't going to say nothing. So one, one day, I said, I got to just look this thing over. Something's just not right. Because every time I print, try to print something, I have to change it. I don't want to have to keep doing this. So um, I was going through, my, I was going through the, the, the thing, the print part with the printer. I'm like, okay, there's nothing there. And then it dawned on me, to, I just looked at a, on the, where it said something with a paper thing, and I go, and I looked at the scroll for the sizes, and I noticed it said 8.27, 8.27 on 11. That's, that's right. That should be right. Then I scrolled down further all the way down, and I noticed 8.5 by 11. Lo and behold, you need to be on 8.5 by 11, not 8.27. That's what's throwing everything off. It's amazing what gets thrown off when something gets off just a little bit. It's amazing what gets thrown off a little bit by just one little thing. One thing in your life being a little off can throw the whole thing into chaos. Come on, don't shout me down. Well, Pastor, when are we going to preach in the Word? We're going to do it right now. Don't worry. I know some of you are a little worried. Well, where are we going with this? Because, we're, because we're, we're, we're headed towards the port of outpouring. And we want the port of outpouring. But if we don't know what it takes to get in the port of outpouring, how are we going to ever do it? And here's the thing, there's, there's tools and there's ways to get into these things. But if we're not as a group working to get into that direction, how are we ever going to get there? Do, do I want to be the one that's holding up the group? No. Do you want to be, who, who wants to cause the team to not lose the super, to, 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 to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> oh. who, wants to get the, who wants to get the ring at the end? Who wants to get the, the, the crown and say, good, well done, good and faithful servant? Who wants that? I want that. I want the crown of victory. And see, you don't get the crown of victory by doing it your way. I don't even get to do the things I want to do. I don't get to preach what I want to preach. I remember writing plenty of times, plenty of sermons. And the Lord said, throw, and I'm just, I'm reading, I'm getting ready to be in church, and I'm setting it down. says, that's, that, that was for you. Like, that was for me. Yep. <laughs> It's time to have a different service. And you open up the Bible, went a whole different direction. You got to be okay with that. You got to be, if, if I get stopped on the spot and the Lord tells me no, how much more, how much, when is he going to be able to tell you no? I, I, I love what one minister said. You got to find someone who's not impressed with you. 
you got to find someone who's not always impressed with you and what kind of person and what you bring to the table. You got to find someone who's not impressed with you, impressed with your ego, impressed with your 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 professional Christian look. <laughs> it was one of my favorite things. I go, I had some one guy who goes, you know, we're professional Christians here. We got bumper stickers. We got we, we got logos. We got we post everything. We're just professional. It's about, about being more than a professional. It's about being obedient. Let's open our Bibles to first Timothy chapter one. Say, I am flowing with the spirit of God. I am flowing with the Spirit of God. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Say, I, you know, again, going back to revival. I want revival. We desire revival at the River Church. We desire it. We desire it deeply. And we're going to make the cut for victory this year. This church is going to go to the next level this year. It's starting now. This is going to be a defining day because a lot of people said, I was there when Pastor talked about these things, about these different type of meetings that happened. And I want to have a believer's meeting. Good. I, one day I was just sitting there, man, I was ready to have a believer's meeting. But then the thought that the Lord said, are your people ready yet? More important, Pastor Melissa says, are you, I don't think the people are ready yet. <laughs> he, I was all thinking, and then she says, I'm like, oh, I wish I could have said that. But now, now it's going to be like, okay, the Lord said it, but she, she, she confirmed it. I was like, I was ready to have one, man. I was just like, let's do a believers meeting, man. We'll just just start doing these steps, you know, because I'm I'm pumped. I'm excited. I'm like a horse with a bit in his mouth, just ready to run. But here's the thing. Game day doesn't happen until everyone is conditioned. Does everyone remember Hell Week? Did anybody go out for sports? Does anybody remember? Who's 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 ever here went out for sports? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you've ever been out for sports. How many of you have ever gone through Hell Week? Do you know what Hell Week is? It's hell! That's exactly what it is! You work hard, you dive hard, you give 110%. And then you got your coach yelling at you. Get up, Dela Cruz! You put on weight. This is, you've been putting on weight, I can tell. I'm sorry, coach, it's the donuts, it's the donuts! But what are you doing? You're conditioning. You're preparing. You're getting ready. Yeah. And then what's the coach doing? He's setting you up for, for the season. Right. He's setting you up to be ready. Yeah. Because you've got to get some victories under your belt. Right. And see, if you're not used to being a team, you don't understand what, what the purpose of everything is. Yeah. And God, the purpose is for victory. Yeah. Victory doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't, be, it doesn't happen because, oh, he was one of the favorites. Or he's just really good. No, he played a lot. And he practiced a lot. And then he showed up to, to the, the team and he kept, he, he transferred what he learned there and brought it to the team. And, and if you don't bring any skill before you show up, you're just catching up. Right? So you can't get discouraged because you're catching up. Now, if you work hard, you can catch up. There's, there's, there's time, there's a season where we're learning. Well, you know, and, and, and you've got to be okay with yourself. And over here in 1 Timothy, Paul's talking to Timothy. But he says, Paul, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. One thing I want to stop about here real quick, because I love Paul and he understands who, who he belonged to. He says, I, Paul, of Jesus Christ. 
In other words, I don't belong. I, I, hi, hi, I'm Paul. Just thought I'd write you boys a letter. No, he says, I'm not Paul. I'm not just Paul. I belong to him. We got to get the idea of us just about being about us. Yeah. I, I'm Marcus of Christ, of Jesus Christ. That's of who I am of. Yeah. You got to start stop thinking of, you know, no, this is this is the Alvarez family. Oh, this is the Delgado family. Oh, this is this is the Tucker family. No, no. We got to get our minds out of those things. Yeah. We, we're of Jesus Christ here. We're of Jesus Christ here at the River Church. You've got to start thinking different about about how you see yourself. You're part of the body of Christ. Some number of years ago, I used to hear people say, well, you know, I got to do my ministry. Got to do my ministry. I, I, over years, I used to hear it. And it used to grieve me. I don't know why it grieved me. Well, you got to do your ministry. I used to hear it all the time. People got to do their ministry. I got to do my ministry. And then one day the Lord says, I, and I, I just, it just came big in my spirit. I said, I don't have a ministry. You know, I don't have a ministry. It's his ministry. I, I, I'm just blessed. I get to be a part of what he's doing in, this last, in these last days. You got to be comfortable of who he is and that he is at the helm. He is in the driver's seat of whatever he tells you to put in or get yourself into. He's at the helm. He's he's in charge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Boy, I tell you what, you start you got to stop thinking that you're in charge over every little thing you do. Yeah. Why well, my own boss? Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Well, let's see how far that goes. It takes you. It will take you very far. I don't care how, who you are. I like one guy who's a, well, a business owner who's wealthy. He just, and I'm not going to get on the business. I just want to mention this temporarily because it's important because some Christians could learn this. He goes, I'm not in charge of my business. I have customers. I have people who buy from me. Those are my bosses. I, yeah, I work for myself, but those are ultimately my bosses. When you have a boss, he has many other bosses that he has to satisfy and take care of. If you screw up, it affects the boss. And then the boss has to make the decision. If you're not doing the workout, you're showing up late, then the boss has to make the decision. Just like that boy who got cut. The boss has to make the decision. Now, good for you. You don't, get, you don't, ever, get, you don't ever get cut from the body of Christ. <laughs> Thank God there ain't nobody getting cut. Ain't nobody getting cut in church. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're not batting 300 right now. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing like that. There's nobody getting cut here. Now, you may not be given certain tasks or duties yet, but that doesn't mean you couldn't get up to that point. You just got, you have to have a desire for that. Now, he said, unto Timothy, my son in the faith. Now, notice he had a relationship. Paul's saying, he's my son. Why was he able to call him a son? Because even though he may not have been his natural son. How was he able to do this? Because he had a relationship with that young man. He had a close relationship with that man. And because he had a, he had a close relationship, in other words, he'd listen to him like a father. That's why a lot of people don't make the cut because they don't, when, I, when they see their coach, they just see, oh, that's Bob. They're very familiar with, they're very familiar with relationships. They, they, that's why they come in slow. That's why, they, well, I'm a, that's all right. I, I got all the talent in the world. They're going to start me anyways. I have seen so many talented people get cut over the years in sports just because of stinking attitude that they were really good. Sure, they were good, but then they go on to life and they never were successful in anything because nobody can tell them anything. Your success in ministry, your success in being a Christian will always involve you listening to somebody. 
And if, if, if there's anybody you should be listening to and you don't know who to listen to, you should always listen to the pastors. Because that's our job. My job as your pastor is to lead you into being, becoming more successful as a Christian. Being more, being, being, being able to work with the body of Christ. Being a healthy member of the church. Amen. Amen. So he said, goes, you, he said, unto the assembly, my son, grace, mercy, and peace from our Father God and our Lord Jesus Christ. As I besought you to, beside, to, to, to be able to, hold on, let me just rephrase that. <clears throat> Clear my throat here a moment. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest char- ch- charge some that they teach no other doctrines. Now notice, he's, he's, he, Paul, is instructing Timothy to, to watch the teaching that's going on in, his, in that church, that the doctrine is sound. Do you hear, do you hear what I'm saying? So in other words, pastor's got to make sure your doctrine is sound. If you're going to open your mouth, that's, there's a check. If your doctrine's off, Coach, not coach, but pastor's going to say something. Someone in leadership's going to have to say something. Well, I can't believe they told me anything. Brother, that's just life. Sister, that's just life. Everybody gets instructed. Everybody learns to follow instruction. If you don't, learn, if you don't know how to follow instruction, you're just going to fail. And God does, God does not want you to fail. How many of you want to get into, get into a, um, revival and it, have it fail because we didn't know how to, how to do it or how to follow into it? I mean, we've we got to be able to fall into some things. We've got to be able to take some instruction. Boy, Pastor, you're really talking a lot about instruction because it's a, you know, it's a number one thing, church, uh, number one reason why a lot of churches fail. Or they, 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 they fail because they, they, they don't know how to pivot. They don't know how to take the turn from a small church to medium church to large church. So we're learning how to pivot. Right now we're in a season of pivoting. We're, we're, we're going to this next phase of our building, but we've got to learn how to pivot. Because what we did now, or what we're doing now, isn't going to be what we're what we're going to be doing in the next building. It's going to be a whole different uh, ball of wax. There's more responsibility and ownership. How many of you, when you buy a house, you know that it's no longer the person who you're renting from is coming to fix your house now, or change a light bulb. No, that's your responsibility. Landlord, my light bulb. Oh, don't worry, we'll send someone over here. You're paying to have someone change your light bulb. But when you own that thing. All that equity, all that value, that's yours. You're changing that light bulb. And if you want the value of something, it's going to require your participation, your ownership of the team. You've got to take ownership of this church. You've got to treat this church like it's your own. You've got to guard it like a rattlesnake. You, you can't let someone be critical of Pastor, critical of Pastor Melina and her beautiful hair. You can't... You, 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 can't allow, you can't allow yourself to go there. You can't allow someone to be critical of even someone else in your church. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, Gonzalo, he sits in the second round. He just thinking all that in a bag of chips. I don't know about that guy. Pastor always talking about Gonzalo this, Gonzalo that, Gonzalo this. I don't know. He's, just because he's the prettiest guy in the church, he's a prima donna. He's lucky Deanna married him. Well, we know that part's true. But here's the thing, as a, as a believer, it's our jobs to get, it's our jobs. No one's ever going to, there are people serving in jobs that think that they deserve a promotion because they've been there for years. Get upset when someone else gets promoted. Oh boy, they get upset. I've been here for years. I don't understand why they got promoted. I've been here longer than them. 
It has nothing to do with being longer. It's about having the character to be able to do the job. It don't mean nothing. Some jobs will promote you because of time. That's dumb. That's a that's a that's 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 called working for the city or the state, maybe. <laughs> but it ain't gonna be. It ain't gonna go like that in corporate world. Yeah. Uh-uh, we're gonna get the best person. We're looking for the best. Yeah. It, 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 even in athletics, we're looking for the best. Yeah. We're looking for the per- best person to fit that spot. And it don't matter how good you are. If you don't have the character, you're not gonna last in that spot. Amen. And there, there may be some, move, or you know, even sometimes they just move people around on, on that team. You're going to play this position because you're really, you're actually, you, you, we drafted you this, but you're really better at this. Let's put you there. Right? And you got to be okay with wherever they move you. I said you got to be okay wherever they move you. Come on. Amen. So neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies. Boy, I'll tell you what, like I just said, we're talking about people getting upset over things. They don't know the word. And they get their doctrines all twisted out of shape and they start getting into, well, I don't know why the word worked here. I, you know, I've been going to church here and I don't know why I, they get miracles. I get nothing. You know, I did, I did everything the minister said. I did exactly what they said. I gave away my car. I sold my car. Oh, and this happens all the time. I sold my car because pastor sold his car. And I was expecting to get a car. And I didn't get a car. I've been walking for two months, two years. I still ain't got no car. I still got the payments on that other car. I'm mad. That pastor taught me out of my car. Let me explain something to you. The Christian life is the led life. The Christian life is learning how to be led. It's about learning how to hear from God. From your own, you look, you come here to this river church, this the river church, we're gonna teach you how to be led by your by the Holy Ghost. So you as a believer, you're gonna have to learn how to be led on the inward man. When that Holy Spirit tells you to do something, you don't just do it because someone else did it. You do it because you had a still small voice on the inside of your heart that was in there. Said, Lord said, you know what, I need you to go. You've been doing this job for years. You've been working hard. You're doing really well. And the Lord says, you know, I need you to do this. If you want to go your to the next level, you need to do this. And you're like, at first, like, it don't make no sense. And you sit there and you think about it for a moment because you're not used to being led by the Holy Spirit. You said, okay, Holy Spirit, if that's you, I'm going to see, I'm a, you got to start learning how to be led by that inner man. I've been, so what are you going to do? You're going to start listening to audios on how to be led by the inner man. You know, we have, we have messages online for free. If you don't know how to listen to God or hear from God, you can, they're, they're free. Every message that's, that's being preached here, you get to go back and listen to it for free. And so I need to learn how to be led by the Holy Ghost. I need to know how to hear from God yeah. in a proper way. Yeah. And not just say, well, God told me. And it's just you thinking it off the top of your head yeah. just because you want to do something. Well, God told me I'm supposed to have another girlfriend. <laughs> okay, there's a problem with that. First, you're married. So I, I, I don't think God's going to violate his word for you. You know, I don't think I'm going to pay my taxes this year. I, I just feel a leading the Lord to, to not pay my taxes. They got places for guys like you or girls like you. You don't want to pay your taxes? Got, yeah, we got places for you. And they're free of charge. You can stay there for five years, ten years. Free of charge. Get food, all the medical service you ever want. At least you get free cable TV. I mean, and you get someone who's going to love you and sleep next to you every day. Tell you how pretty you are. 
So man, the people are like, oh, that's rough, Pastor. That's rough. <laughs> well, that's the truth, man. You 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 trade truth for for what you want to do. That's that's just truth. You want to keep doing things your way. You, you, you're, you're gonna you're gonna give and check. You're gonna give somewhere where you don't want to give. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says, "Don't give into these and, and don't get into things where you're always questioning. They, they just minister questions. You just have questions about every little thing because you just you don't want to be satisfied with the answer that you have. Some people will say, "Well, what about this? What about this?" But really, what they're saying is, "I don't want to do it. I'm just trying to question my way out of this." That's 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 being strong headed. That's being foolhardy. That's just foolishness. But he says this, and I love the instruction. because rather than godly edifying, which is faith. In other words, edify yourself with your faith. So don't muddy the waters. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Isn't that what Jude one twenty says? Build yourself on your. I'm like we didn't tell you. Turn there. But Jude says, build yourself on your most holy faith. Praying in tongues. Yeah. So you pray in tongues so you can build up your faith. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart, right? Like as the Lord, like they say in Ephesians, do you do these things because you're building yourself up? Yeah. Now in verse 5, he says, Now the end of the commandment is love, charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience, a faith that's unfeigned, a faith that is not false. I want to talk to you a little bit right now about having a false faith. Because you can fool yourself into thinking that you have faith just because you came to church. Well, I'm a member of the River Church, so I have I have faith. Being a member or going to church doesn't mean you have faith. Being a part of a local group doesn't mean you have faith. Just because you go to church and believe in Jesus doesn't mean you have faith. It just means you believe. Two different things. I believe in the Lord, but I don't listen to him. It's not really good faith. That's kind of like a, almost like a, a false faith. Because a lot of people, they go to church and they don't want to do what the, God, the Lord tells them to do. But they do what they want to do and call it God. Well, that's fake faith. That's phony faith. And, you, and we want genuine faith. We want our faith to work. Have you ever bought, have you ever bought a, uh, a car part that, that was supposed to work and it was generic? You ever go to the dollar store? Even better. Go to the dollar store and buy some brand new tools for a buck. There's a lot of things you could buy for a buck. Men, are the tools that you can buy for a buck any good? I, all, the men, all the men are shaking their head no. Would, would you spend money? If you had the money to buy some nice tool set, nice tool set, anyone you wanted right now. And you, you can think of some, can you think of a tool right now you'd want to buy right now? Any men here, any men, true real men here, have tools if they would love to raise your hand. If you want to buy something, if you could think of mad at Lee, there's some tools that you would like to buy. You would buy the nicest one if you had the money to buy the nicest one. You're not going to buy the generic one. What's going to happen with the generic one? What's going to happen? Is it going to work right? Are you going to spend a lot more time trying to fix something with a tool that's breaking or it's not working right? You're going to be spinning your wheels. So why spin your wheels with a faith that is not genuine and start working, start working to get the real deal. Start working to get the real faith in operation in your life so that you can be successful, so that you can become the man of God or woman of God that you and so deeply desire to be. I, 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 would even, I would even dare say that most people here really want genuine faith. I know people want real, genuine faith.
I know nobody wants to buy a knockoff Folex. I got a Folex and a Rolex, baby. Which one do you want? Well, I like to be humble. I'm going to take the Folex. You liar. You liar. You're going to take the Rolex, right? You're not going to take that. I got the Snap-on tools and I got the Stanley. Which, what, which one do you want, baby? Which one do you want? Some of the men like, you know, I don't need anything expensive. I'm just going to take, you lying. You ain't going to take no Stanley. You ain't going to take no Stanley. You're going to take, what are you going to take? Snap-on. Uh, so you got Mac tools over in the back. I know. See, see, you already know what's in your heart, though, right? You already know the quality. You know when something's quality. We were, we were, we were at the beach, and some girl was running, just running on the beach. I go, man, she ain't even running properly. She, she out trying to put a show. That ain't, that ain't running. She's putting a show on. She's running like she's flopping. I go, that, that ain't running. Somebody need to teach her how to run because she's gonna hurt herself the way she's running. She was kind of flopping, and then she was, oh, Marcus, you don't know anything about running. <laughs> man, I went out to, for track, man. I seen, I see, I was trained, I was coached properly. I know good, I'm telling you, I've seen good running. When you see good, Indy, right? When you see someone doing something, guys, right? When you see, when you see a boxer boxing, you know when he's doing it right. Right? Because you've seen it enough. We were at her, 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 her uh, grandparents' house because her grandfather was having his 90th birthday. And they had this one girl running across. I said, wait, see that girl right there? That's how you run. That's proper technique. That kid's, uh, I don't know if that kid runs, but boy, that kid, Scott, is good. That or they're just natural. I mean, that's excellent technique. I said, oh, come on. Marcus says she's a real good runner. She's got great technique. She goes, that's because she's on the track team, and she's, she's really good. <laughs> when things in your life are going well, the, the, the quality, the evidence of, of that is seen. When, something's not, when, when things are not genuine, things are not real, things become evident in the way the, the, the product is applied when pressure comes. Everyone's going to have pressure. Everyone's going to have something break. But the reality is that when you have the proper tools in place, the excellent proper tools in place, you will be able to stand and fight the good fight of faith. And that's what you want. You want the real faith. You don't want the cheap knockoff stuff. That's why I'm here today. Because we're going to get some real stuff this year. We're going to get some real faith. You're going to start seeing some mountains move. Some of you are going to see some of them sick of minds plucked up and tossed to the sea. Some of, you, some of you who have been suffering from lack are going to start walking more into prosperity this year. Some of you who have been dealing with depression ain't going to be living under no cloud anymore. Some of you have been, who, who don't know if God loves them enough, you're going to know this year God really loves you and wants to take care of you. You're going to know the real God who, 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 who's really interested in you and interested in your success. Come on, he ain't no hater. That's right. God ain't trying to hate you in line. Look at them. That's right. I'm going to just make them trip, just to make them trip. <laughs> why do they always trip? You always, why you so, God ain't that way. Right. He ain't trying to hurt you. He's not trying to bring you down. He's trying to get you to a place of promotion. He's trying to get you to a place of promise. Yes, yes, <laughs> Come on. That's right. Preaching good. Preaching good. A lot of people, they, that's what they want. Yes. 
They, they, that's what they want. They, want they, don't want. they don't come to church because they want their life to be the same. No. You come to church because you want some answers. You know, I had, a, I had, a, I had a, the pleasure this summer of riding a horse. Really. I told, I saw some, I had so much fun. I missed that horse. I was telling Sophia the other, I missed that horse. I just do it. I just had so much fun on that horse. And I was watching somebody ride a horse the other day. And he was riding, he went, and the horse would turn. He went, horse would turn the other way. He would pull back, because you're supposed to pull back and put your heels a certain way. And just kind of pull, just slow him, make him stop. Oh, I loved it. I just loved riding a horse. And the thing is, is that to be competent with a horse or the thing, that thing that you're on, you have to get skillful. You have to desire. You have to be skillful at it. But first is the desire. And once you get the desire, it's amazing what you're able to accomplish. All, All God wants you to have in order to be successful, first and foremost, is desire. Part of the River Church... Part of my thinking as a pastor is is teaching each and every one of us how to be led. How to be stirred by God. How to be directed by His Spirit. Because each and every day He's talking to you. Believe it or not, I I don't care if you're not even born again. You know God talks to those people that are not even born again. You know He talks to them. They just don't know how to register or how to hear His voice. Like, is that God? Because once you get to know his word, then you start to realize, oh, that's how God talks. Yeah. Right? So when another voice comes in that's devilish, you're like, oh, that's, that's that voice. Yeah. I got that. Yeah. You, ever, you ever make it, think about something, doing something as a kid? I, I used to happen to me all the time growing up. I would think, I'm going to go do this and this and that. And the Lord said, I wouldn't do that if I were you. You're going to get yourself into trouble. You're like, I'm going to do it anyways. And what's the first thing that happens? You get in trouble. Like, oh, I knew I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> when I was a little kid, I had, itch, I had, I had sticky fingers, George. <laughs> sticky fingers. I, I should probably tell anybody what I did. I got, I got in a lot of trouble. Got a lot of police showed at my house. Knock on that door. And they just knocked on that door. Hello? That's my mom answering the door. <laughs> Do you have a son? Yes, I think. I don't know if I want him anymore. <laughs> I, I, got, I got nabbed for picking up an album I shouldn't have taken. S- Sticky Fingers. Got, it was a Kiss album. I had a rock and roll thing going on, too, as a kid. <laughs> had an album, gotten caught. Okay, kids, is there anything else you did? And so I just emptied the story, like, oh, yeah, I taught this and this and this and this and this. Dude, I had so many, I had bikes, I had Hot Wheel little cars, I had a collection of stuff. Collection. Got in trouble. Thank God they stopped me then. These things can get, thank God people stop you where you're at when you're making bad decisions, because one day you will get caught. And thank God they stopped me. Thank God it stopped. I'm telling you, boy, weren't you? My mom said, amen. <laughs> boy, I'll tell you, man, you get, you'll get yourself into trouble doing what you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And that voice talks to you. It says, don't do it. 
It says, go the other way. It says, you need to listen to him. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do, no, you, the voice is telling you. So you got to be used to listening to the voice that tells you to do the right thing. Yeah. And the other voice that keeps, tells, keeps getting you into trouble, stop listening to that voice. Yeah. Right. Well, you, that'll help a lot right there. Gonzalo, that'll just help a million dollars. But don't back talk your woman anymore. Just say, yes, ma'am. Just say, yes, ma'am. No. Amen. See, if you and I, we're going to move forward this year. It's going to require doing what's right. Listening to that voice. Following the peace of God. Following that I'm going all out for God. Say it out loud with me. Say, I am going all out for Jesus this year. I ain't, ain't no games. Come on. Life, life, it's too, you got to be too legit to quit. You got to be too legit. Say, hey, I'm going to go all out for the Lord this year. I'm, I'm going to be a part of that believers meeting. I'm going to be coachable. I'm going to be directable. I'm going to show up to prayer so I can learn how to pray. And more important, because this this city needs to be needs change. We're going to be a part of that evangelistic meeting, and Father, we're going to have we're going to bring people to church. People are going to get saved, and we're going to have evangelists come in, and, and then souls are going to get won, and then we're going to follow up. Here's the number one thing too, as a as a church, when we as a praying church, this came up from my my spirit, just man, just right now, just came up in my spirit. When someone gets saved in that church, you find out who that person is, you write their name on, it, and guess what you do next. You pray for them. Church, your assignment, your assignment, Joel, is to pray for that person. I'll tell you what, if, because as soon as they get saved, they got pressure they face. I mean, the, the, the devil will try to come in a relationship. The devil will try to keep them from coming to church that morning. The devil will keep you. All of a sudden, you'll be starting arguing over dumb things like you never argue about. And they, they don't know where that pressure is coming from. That's come from the devil. So that's why you as a, as a church, you need to be praying for people when they get born again. Right. Write their name down. I'm going to vote. I'm a, I haven't seen that person in a while. See, th- things aren't going to change for their life and your life unless you're praying for others. That's right. That's right. I, I just, that's free of charge. I'm just kind of free of charge. We're going to make a difference this year. Yes. I just, I sense that we are ready. We are on the cusp of revival. Yeah. I, I, there's just something on the inside of me. I'm, I'm sitting there reading a, a book on Finney right now, and I'm reading that, and I'm like, oh, we need revival in Porterville right now. We need, you have got to have a cry in your heart. Lord, we need revival in our city right now, because that's what's going to change your marriages. That's what's going to change re- revival in your, when people fall under the power, and they're weeping because they know that they need to know God. They know that they know that they need God. They need to know that they know. And they got to be, people get bored again. People crying on the side of the street. Just, I, I didn't know what was going on. I just sensed in my heart I needed to go in there. P- things like that happen all the time. But it ain't going to happen by just, oh, I just remember the good old days. Just remember the good old days when revival happened in our church. Aunt Margaret, boy, she just run through the church. We get back to that. I said, we're getting back to some things. But it's going to require our participation. It's gonna, we have to get hungry. You got to get hungry. Right. How many men like steaks? Every man raises a hand. How many men say, Are you like a steak? A good steak. You got to get, get hungry like you're hungry for a steak. Did yesterday's steak satisfy you? Could you, you always use a steak? 
I'm tasking the men. I mean, seriously, if you're a man, you're like, I could always, I'm always down for a steak. Boy, you throw a big, thick, fat ribeye in front of me, it's on like Donkey Kong. There ain't no question about it. That thing's, that thing's halfway guzzled down before I've even hit anything else. Because I'm a meat eater, I'm a carnivore. Most men are carnivores. We like our good steak. And so you got to be hot on it like you're hot on about that steak that you like to eat. Because I'll tell you what, once you start developing an appetite for that, th- that thing, boy, I'll tell you what, you're going to be like, man, I, I'm, I'm, so glad, I'm so glad you drugged me to church. I'm so, glad, I'm so glad I came. I'm so glad that God really intervened in my life because I needed it. And a lot of us need God's intervention. Amen. We need God's intervention. We need, we need, to, we need God more this year. And, and I'm telling you, we're... Today, today, this. Let me just put it forward to you. This today's message is, is a is a precursor of what's to come. Because we need maturity in believers' meetings. We need maturity.